Are you a public health innovator or entrepreneur? My special guest today is returning to the show to speak about public health entrepreneurship in particular, as well as to share a great opportunity. Alessandro Ciari is Head of Growth and Partnerships at Firefly Innovations, powered by CUNY Graduate School of Public Health and Health Policy based in New York City. And obviously I was part of their Public Health Innovation Accelerator last year, and they're about to run another one this summer. So we'll hear all about it. So be sure to check out the links in the description below to learn more and perhaps apply to either be part of it as an, as an innovator or indeed be a mentor. Welcome to Tribe Talks here at The Entrepreneur's Doctor, where I'm here to help you monetize your health expertise or indeed your lived experience as a patient or caregiver by creating a thriving online business in particular, but without risking your family, financial or job security. Some of us don't want to jump in headfirst into a startup, opening it up in our garage, right? We want to do things safely, maybe part-time along the side. We're not your traditional entrepreneurs. And you may have heard from one of my guests, Dr. Arlen Myers, who's joining us in the audience again today. Us as medics, as health professionals, we weren't taught about entrepreneurship when we were training. So we're a little bit more uh, intimidated by this concept. But things like what we're about to learn today are there to empower us, to get involved, whatever our professional background. And there's a lot of problems that need solving. So if you are new here, welcome do make sure you check out the link below to learn more about our speaker today, but also our important disclaimer. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vebode. Thank you so much for having me. And it's wonderful to be here again at the program. I'm just going to speak a little bit about our upcoming accelerator that that's going to be happening this summer. It's the CUNY Public Health Innovation Accelerator. It's the third one of its kind. The first time it launched was in 2020, right after the pandemic actually hit, which really added the importance of launching the accelerator. Right when COVID hit in March 2020, there was such an added importance of so many sectors to really develop some kind of public health impact. So, so many were looking to many public health organizations and institutions and thought about how we could actually create more impact to benefit our public's health in the long run and in the short run to address this pandemic and so many other challenges that we're facing. And one of the ways to do that is to bring in so many partners is to create a global ecosystem for public health entrepreneurs. And a way of doing that, uh, we actually launched our accelerator uh, right after the pandemic hit. And we had a really, really successful one, it's a 10-week program. And we are actually running an eight-week program this time uh, to give a little bit of a lighter load for entrepreneurs, but to actually give them more of a chance to connect with the community through a more, uh, a more focused target uh, demo day that's going to be on July 28th. And the program starts on June 8th and is going to again be eight weeks. And we actually just opened up the application process for ventures to apply to the program at firefly-innovations.com. Now, just to explain a little bit about Firefly Innovations, uh, again, we are a global ecosystem of public health entrepreneurs. 
and we aim to solve health inequities and promote culturally competent care by focusing on a new generation of entrepreneurs and bring their ideas to life to scale for impact, really. And we, uh, with our approach, we have three main pillars that we focus on, and it's an education, action, strategic science. So coming from the CUNY School of Public Health, uh, we've launched the first, uh, some of the first uh, public health entrepreneurship academic courses that you can get for credit at the university. Uh, but we also focus on educating the community and providing communities of underserved populations, especially here in New York City, but also around the world, that's an education focused on entrepreneurship, particularly with creating a public health impact. And we also focus on action, which is developing ventures in our accelerator programs, hackathon programs, and other types of innovation activities to connect them to the innovation ecosystem that's so necessary. And uh, our accelerator, this program is accompanied with other programs that are not called hackathons by us, we call them designathons that are more focused on design thinking than uh, tech focused skills, that is. And we've brought together um, many of these types of events with partners that focus on many different public health challenges. So we don't only focus on uh, one focus, uh, one challenge like COVID-19, uh, we focused on HIV prevention, we focused on sustainability, we definitely focus on mental health, and many, many more things that ultimately have an impact in our public health. And our third pillar, our third approach is really strategic science, uh, where we actually bring in different institutional hubs, corporations, and other organizations to support their own evaluation uh, programs, to reach their ESG and SDG goals. Now, we also do this with ventures in an earlier stage and along the way connect them with these opportunities with larger organizations that are really looking to create this type of impact. So our key services that we provide at Firefly Innovations is based in crowdsourcing, incubating and accelerating community-based innovations. A lot of the time coming from underserved communities. So our ventures, have are actually led by um, led by uh, the CEOs, CFOs, or, or whatever type of leadership position uh, coming from mostly women. We actually have sixty percent women amongst our founders, uh, which compared to some of the rates out there that you see in some countries, like ten percent, maybe up to fifteen percent, uh, we're definitely creating a new uh, field that is really accessible for women, but also for other types of minority groups like Latino and Black, uh, which is also a very, very large proportion, a majority of all of our ventures. Actually, every single one of our ventures has at least one minority founder. And so for Firefly Innovations, we've been uh, developing uh, this type of, of value system, this type of focus uh, with all of our programs. And we've had really, really great uh, ventures come through our program like Candlelit therapy that focuses on mental health challenges that are more focused towards uh, prepartum and postpartum mothers. And, and how you do this with people of color is the way we think about how to bring our technology to a level of um, competent care that is really necessary in the field of healthcare right now. So candlelit therapy is a great example of seeing one out of, of a venture out there that has gone through our program. 
Another is WAZI, that's based in Africa, W-A-Z-I, that is providing white label mental health programs for counseling groups, NGOs, governments, and other companies across Africa and different countries. But we also have other ventures that are more focused uh, within issues that happen within the United States as opposed to just international. Uh, one of them is called Shop Talk, uh, which actually just launched their pilot and it is a culturally tailored AI-assisted telemental health platform that's focused on connecting indigenous healthcare providers with indigenous patients. And so these are some really, really great, interesting examples of early stage entrepreneurs that are finding a way to break into the innovation ecosystem by entering programs like ours. So we're looking to bring in more ventures like this and more mentors, uh, more investors, more speakers, to really provide more opportunities for these ventures who really need it the most and can ultimately create the most impact down the road, especially in our healthcare system. Now for our accelerator, again, we're going to be launching in June, on June 8th is going to be our first day of the program. The application deadline is going to be on May 27th. And so we are looking to conduct, uh, collect applications uh, until then, again, at firefly-innovations.com. And we will be working with ventures on three main concepts. Uh, one of them is customer validation. And all of the ventures are going to already have a prototype entering the, the accelerator. So we'll just be jumping straight into applying it to the community and really gaining meaningful feedback. So you can refine your venture and your idea as well as possible with the support of speakers uh, that you meet with every Wednesday, the community of peers that you're with uh, every Wednesday, where you're gonna be uh, sharing each other's ideas with, uh, who also have amazing other startups, and also with mentors uh, who uh, will be composed of mentor teams that you can provide your uh, presentation to, your demo to, to get meaningful feedback. And also they will help you in developing the right system necessary to conduct customer validation. And the second point that we really focus on is public health evaluation plan. Now many ventures need support in really understanding how they're creating an impact. So what we do is help them in developing a logic model where they uh, explicitly state what type of impact they're aiming to create, but showing along the way through this model how exactly you're going to do that and how you're going to evaluate it. And ultimately, the last thing, among some other uh, activities that we'll do, is the demo day presentation. Now, this is a day where we, we have hundreds of attendees from many different sectors attend, not only from healthcare, but also in public health, uh, but also in, uh, invest, in, in investor type of communities. Uh, there are VCs that attend this type of event. And so this is a really, really great opportunity for ventures uh, to get some exposure, uh, to get their idea out there, really work on it along the way, and ultimately get some prize funding. So we've provided thousands of, of, of dollars in prizes for ventures that have come through our program. And, and later on, we have continued to actually collaborate with these ventures. Some have gone on to actually uh, enter other larger innovation programs like ours that are really successful and others have gone on to receive some initial investments and some others have gone on to gain really great amounts of grants. Uh, a one great example of a company is called uh, Bon Bouton originally. 
they rebranded to Flextra Power in our first accelerator. And they, and they focused primarily at the time, while they pivoted away from their initial focus, on creating reusable masks. Now, they just got a grant from the government for $3.77 million to develop research on these reusable masks. And so that's a really, really great example of a, of a company making the most out of our accelerator and going on to do really, really amazing things. And we're looking forward to bringing in more folks like that. stage is always yours you're always welcome back here i love what you guys are doing partly because i'm a public health physician but also because you highlight opportunities for innovation and entrepreneurship beyond your routine clinical care we all know that 80 90 percent of our health is determined outside the clinical uh, exposure in the clinical setting but what i want to do is hand over to dr alan myers who's president of the society of physician entrepreneurs uh, if he's got any questions for you yeah, so it's nice to meet you, Alessandro, and congrats on what you're doing. Uh, I've participated, I've had the good fortune of wearing a lot of different hats. One as a public health and social entrepreneur. Um, and my experience and what I observe to be the experience of others is there's two, I mean, there's a lot of issues just getting an idea to a patient, but particularly for social entrepreneurs, I think, or public health entrepreneurs, two come to mind. One is creating a scalable, sustainable business model. And two is overcoming the barriers to dissemination and implementation. So how are you addressing those two needs? There's a lot of different issues when it comes to bringing these ideas that come from public health research and ultimately implementing them in the marketplace. And that is something that doesn't actually exist so much in our ecosystem right now with connecting research from public health particularly to the marketplace but there is so much work done to actually implement so much public health research to uh, the to actually the healthcare field in terms of grant funded programs for example however when we approach these programs in public health through our research there is the largest issue that i believe we face is around implementation of it and how you're actually able to translate that research to a real sustainable and scalable organization. And that's what's missing in public health often, but very much so people in public health think that that's a completely different field uh, when it comes to developing an entrepreneurial route, something that maybe public health doesn't really have a role in, but we really need to carve out that role because there's so much amazing insight an opportunity that comes from that public health research and to let it just stay there without it actually going through some sort of commercialization process is a waste. And so we need to create more of those pipeline activities. So for us, when you look at the strategic science arm of what Firefly Innovations is doing, we're looking at what public health researchers are, are doing out there and helping provide the skills and tools that they need that are necessary to understand how to think about scalability from the outset of their research so that after they produce the research or maybe even implement the program, it could actually go somewhere afterwards and actually be scaled. So what researchers don't really consider so much are many different aspects of our accelerator, like customer validation, 
And if you're thinking about um, like market research and financial projections, these are things that public health researchers don't really spend too much time on when they're developing a grant proposal. But how to do that in a more meaningful way can really bring so much opportunity to the different ideas that we're putting to the table here. And coming from the underserved communities and earlier stage ventures and entrepreneurs that are coming through our accelerator, some of them come from the healthcare industry and they need a lot of support in understanding how to, for one, launch a business, but how to actually start to think about sustainability and scalability. And so they can use so much from what comes from basic entrepreneurship education. Now from, uh, there's another type of individual that comes to our program a lot, which are people not necessarily in healthcare, that may be more tech focused, that may be more business focused, but are looking to do something in social impact or directly in, health in healthcare. Now, how you can actually support them so much because they may have a really good sense for branding, market strategy, et cetera, but do they have a good understanding of the type of ecosystem that's out there, the types of partnerships that they need to create, the type of research that they need to engage in to really demonstrate and prove that what they're doing is actually making change. And that that way, with that type of approach, that's a way that they can set themselves apart from the rest of so much phony entrepreneurship you might see out there in healthcare by actually showing and demonstrating that this is actually real, this is actually making, um, making an impact. But the point of actually bringing people to the point of using it, bringing it to the marketplace, this is a, another challenge too, like that, that you bring forward. And for us, we're in an earlier stage of being able to do that. The more that ventures can enter other sorts of pipeline activities after hours is super key to be able to actually develop from such an earlier stage to gain that investment and actually test their product in the marketplace and ultimately market it and hopefully get people to use it. Uh, so uh, we're looking to support ventures in an earlier way, but down the road, we can definitely find ways to support um, those ventures that might have a, a, an assembled product already, uh, but really need support in understanding how it's actually creating an impact and communicating why it is so that they can have a better impact on the marketplace for themselves too. Alan, before I come back to you, just uh, I just wanna jump in there, but that's a, a great question. And I just wanna make sure if you have a follow-up to come back on that, but just a comment and to add to what uh, Alessandro just mentioned, I think it, it depends on, and this is for the audience, especially, um, you know, it depends on how you define, first of all, public health in the first place, because I see it as three main arms but there's something beyond that that I would add a fourth arm to it in a way which kind of takes on all of the three that I'm about to share. So the first one are your traditional kind of prevention aspects of infectious disease, communicable disease, like face masks, like vaccines and, and, and the kind. These are the things we've been seeing in the press for the last couple of years through the pandemic. The second one is obviously health promotion and, you know, in terms of whether it's primary prevention and, and food and healthy lifestyle all the way through to tertiary, secondary and tertiary prevention. These are terms that Google it if you don't know, or put them in the chat below and I'll definitely respond later. And, and the third one, which often we forget about in public health is we have a responsibility for making sure the health system as a whole 
aims for that quintuple aim that Dr. Myers mentioned in the previous episode uh, with his uh, uh, talk. And essentially it's making sure it's efficient, it's equitable, it's safe, it's high quality, it's addressing patient as well as workforce experience, it's improving population health as a whole, all sorts of different things that you need to consider. Public health has a role to play in there. But the bit that comes in as my final comment before handing to uh, Arlen would be, you know, because 80, 90% of our health is outside of healthcare and because of those wider social and environmental determinants of health being in all sectors, what we can do as public health entrepreneurs is actually deal with interventions in sectors that may not be obvious that it's related to health. We could be creating the next cool tech that's scalable, that makes a return on investment in the transport sector, in engineering, in urban design, in education. You know, all of these different um, exposures and determinants have a knock-on effect on our health. So it doesn't have to be about the immediate prevention and clinical management of disease, if that makes sense. But Alan, back over to you. So Alessandra, do you have a course in public health or social entrepreneurship as a required course for a master's? That's a great question. In our public health entrepreneurship course, our, our first one that we offered was uh, in uh, spring of 2020. And every year since we've seen an increase in enrollment. At this point, we're not offering it as a required course. Right now it is an elective. And I've actually received some other requests about it making it a required course. And to do that, I believe it definitely applies more for a required course if it's based on a specific concentration of public health. And I've received requests that actually in public health informatics is a field that certainly applies to uh, what can, uh, it can certainly utilize and benefit so much from entrepreneurial skills because of what they know uh, statistically in terms of their own foundation, those skills, but the overview of, that they typically get of population health puts them in a really unique position to have the types of insights and opinions and motives to actually develop really, really great companies. And so that's, uh, you know, that's one example, but definitely so many, it, it applies to so many other types of uh, concentrations. Right now, it is within the concentration of health policy and management, uh, which certainly makes sense. And now we are seeing so many people in public health that are graduating uh, more so in the past decade than ever. Uh, more schools than ever actually starting schools of public health. But a big problem that we're seeing is that people are graduating, but not necessarily getting placed in the traditional fields of public health that we expect like government sector or other public sectors, but other, uh, or maybe nonprofit sector. However, many people with MPHs are going on to work in startups, not only because it's hiring more, of course, but it actually applies to a lot of public health values. And also many of the skills that you learn in public health academia and in operating a public health program is very transferable to working in a business. So if uh, I, I think we might be able to collaborate and I put some things in the chat if you want to get back to me because um, we, we have some initiatives where basically we're rethinking professional school curriculum. And you've mentioned two points, one, healthcare entrepreneurship and two, 
data science, data literacy, artificial intelligence, et cetera, as it applies to public health and social entrepreneurship. Certainly, certainly. I would love to collaborate with you and speak more about that. There's some really interesting activities going on at some other universities too. I know the University of Texas, University of Michigan, and our neighbor here, Columbia University, has all started to dabble in public health entrepreneurship and starting to develop more publications around this field. And we're actually coming out with one very soon. Uh, it's a commentary based on public health entrepreneurship. That's uh, the lead author is uh, Dr. Terry Huang, who is the founder of Firefly Innovations. And I'm looking forward to that as well, share it with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Alessandro, thank you so much. I make sure that you do consider applying either to be an innovator or indeed a mentor indeed a speaker as part of the program but indeed any of the other programs and initiatives i remember being um, a member and a speaker at your mental health uh, summit i think it was or no it was an accelerator of the kind it was like a design solvathon wasn't it with mit uh, fantastic yes. event i love that right at the beginning of the pandemic too so i think i'm going to pose a question to you and then hand over to you for any final words um alessandro which is You've shared in your previous uh, conversation with me on, on the podcast, you talked about your personal story of how you got into health and health entrepreneurship. But like if you were going to launch your own startup, what problem would you love to solve now that you've seen all these other innovators and entrepreneurs? What's on your mind? I think that there are a lot of different aspects in our healthcare system that we're learning how to really make the most out of through software. And I think that really, really great examples out there include ones that are based on uh, increasing the, the capacity for value-based care in public health. Now, the Affordable Care Act uh, really emphasized really, really important points that we make in public health that ultimately focus on trying to make the most out of our entire staff in a health del delivery care system, instead of just putting all of the onus on just a direct healthcare provider. Now, what is everybody doing along the continuum to surround that patient, to really focus on prevention as opposed to just treatment afterwards? Now that's really the value of public health, but you're seeing some really interesting opportunities out there really interesting technology and startups that are looking to make the most out of these systemic changes that we've made in our healthcare system. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's uh, one, one field that I think is really great to look at. Uh, another field that uh, we see so much of in public health amongst all of our applicants is mental health care. Uh, and, and so for us, in, in public health, when you think about what is a public health problem, challenge, a public health innovation, it can really span across so many different challenges. It could be clean water, it could be sustainability, as along with uh, innovation in cities and development of technology, all of this is going to benefit public health. But when we're talking about the type of challenge that we're trying to address, we're typically thinking about underserved communities. Who are the people out there that need the most support? And people in public health can't afford to let those people down. And the people that are applying to our programs to be entrepreneurs are from those communities. 
And what they're telling us through their applications, through so many of their amazing ideas, a lot of the time it has to do with mental health. And a lot of the time it has to do with accessing mental health treatment in a more culturally competent way, in an easier way, in a less judgmental way, in a more comfortable way, in a way that's less expensive. And so there's a, this is a field that we all need in order to focus truly on the holistic and prevention aspects of our health. And ultimately this may save our healthcare system a lot of money down the road if we could really, really hone in on mental health as, as, a, as a main challenge here across all different types of age spans.